Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So good to have you here with us today for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Joining me today is third-time guest of the show, Mr. Clint Pulver, who is a fantastic keynote speaker, author, musician, and workforce expert. Clint is one of the most engaging and creative speakers I know. So I wanted to pick his brain about how he has pivoted during the pandemic. And even now that we're kind of coming out the other side of all things pandemic, had a hunch that he had some, bring some interesting ideas and orthodox approaches to what he's doing these days. And uh, turned out that is definitely the case. So listen up because uh, you're going to hear his thoughts on how to interact with your audience in a virtual environment, what he's doing to counteract the Zoom fatigue that everyone's been facing, and the ways in which virtual has forever changed his in-person presentation which I think you're really going to find interesting. You're also going to hear a fact about trombone oil that I promise you cannot get on any other podcast. So make sure you don't miss that. That, my friends, is truly a Speaker Lab podcast exclusive. Oh, and by the way, Clint has a new book coming out on April 13th called I Love It Here, How Great Leaders Create Organizations Their People Never Want to Leave. Make sure you order a copy wherever you get books after you've listened to this episode. I actually was able to get my hands on an, on an early copy. I've been able to read most of it, and it is a phenomenal, phenomenal book. Clint is a, a very smart, talented uh, writer and speaker. Uh, and I think, again, you're going to see why he is such a sought-after speaker today. I think you're really going to enjoy listening to him. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Clint Holt. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Bolden here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, we are joined by friend of the program, Mr. Clint Pulver. We've had Clint on numerous times, had him on back in episode 226, and then also had him on uh, back in this, like March, April, whenever the world started to implode. And we were talking about like, hey, what's happening? How is this affecting everything? And uh, we we're trying to, to figure things out at that time. So I wanted to have uh, Clint back to kind of talk about some of the pivots he has made and then uh, kind of some, some things he is seeing uh, as far as shifts in the industry and then like what the, the long-term implications are. So Clint, welcome back. Thanks for being here, man. Grant, what's up, brother? It's always a pleasure to be on the show, dude. It's good yes. to see you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, let's talk Let's talk about that way. Again, back in, you know, uh, March, April or so, as things were really starting to shift and turn. Uh, I know, I know, I think we, yeah, yeah. I remember like we texted, I think like a week or two into it. And initially I, I think, uh, uh, you were like, you know, I'm just going to kind of lay low. It'll, you know, this will blow over. And I think that's kind of the sentiment of a lot of speakers are like, eh, give it a month or so. We'll be back. And here we are. We're recording late 2020 uh, and we're still very much in the thick of it. So uh, yeah. eventually, though, like within a month or so, you're like, hey, I'm going to lean into this virtual thing. Uh, and we're really like, I'm more than like, I'm going to like stick a toe in virtual, which is what a lot of speakers have done. But you're like, I'm really going all in. I'm doubling down on virtual. So talk to us since then in the past several months. How has that shift been? toward virtual yeah so when it all happened like i i i will admit i was i was the guy that was like i don't want to do it 
<laughs> I don't want to do virtual. I have no desire. Uh, I'm a live performer. I have drums in my show. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make this happen. I don't want to do it. And then we had two clients that switched their event that already had been booked. They were under contract and they went from live to virtual. And they said, uh, we need you and we want you to do this. And so it almost was a forced pivot, but man, a, mess, a massive blessing in disguise because we had to act quick and we created obviously the virtual studio that's now in my house and uh, we're rocking virtuals uh, quite a bit and it's been, it's been the saving grace of our business. If we hadn't have done this, I, I would have another job. I would be in a different industry. I would not be speaking anymore because there's, there's not enough uh, live events. So since then, to where we're at now, I still, though, this is the only way that I've been able to explain it, Grant. I feel like, as speakers, we're selling trombone oil. I know it sounds really I have stupid. no idea where this is going. I know, right? You're like, I'm what? in, what? I'm in. Yeah, okay, yeah, go yeah. ahead. But like, so like a trombone, it needs oil to, to, to play. Mm -hmm. But the world only consumes three quarts of trombone oil a year. <laughs> That's it. Like, worldwide. And, and you might have the greatest studio, you might be the best speaker, you might have the greatest message, but the world is only consuming three quarts of that right now. And uh, is, that a, is that like a true fact? Yeah, that's true fact. That's you looked that up? There, there are only three quarts that are sold every year. It's just small, right? You don't need a lot of oil, yeah. Yeah. But, but it's kind of that. It's a, it's a product of, okay, it's, it's great. We, we're doing our job, the content's still the same. I still am adding entertainment value. But the market's only consuming three quarts of that. Now, hopefully that changes as we get a vaccine to market and, you know, we're seeing more businesses maybe take a leap into doing a live event. But for the most play part, there's only about three quarts, but there's th still three quarts to consume. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, we, we tried really hard to create good video and uh, good s stuff on the website and create the brand that revolved around virtual so that if there was a company that was contemplating doing something virtual, we wanted to, we wanted to, to gain their business. Right. And that's what we've tried to do. So when you're talking about the three courts, you're, you're talking about like live in-person events? I'm even talking virtual somewhat. I, I mean, there's a lot of companies that are still apprehensive. There's a lot of businesses that are like, ah, we still want to wait. Uh, or or they're, they're, they're holding off on their live events or even a keynote, and they're, they're souping up their training programs. So you're mm -hmm. seeing a lot more in LMS and people that are doing stuff uh, where instead of like a, an hour-long keynote, virtual keynote, it's like a three-day virtual pre-recorded training. Yeah. Uh, almost more of consultative work. It also depends on the industry. For me, the youth market and the education market are, are doing better than the corporate market. Mm -hmm. uh, they're forced to, a lot of them are in school. They're moving, they're going. They are used to professional development or they're used to school assemblies and they've still got funding. And, and that's been a really great place for us to pivot into. We've done a lot of pop-ins I, I don't know if that's the right word, but that's what I'm calling them, just virtual pop-ins. They share, uh, I have a story about a teacher that changed my life and gave me a pair of drumsticks. They share that video mm -hmm. in their professional development training, and then they pay me to, to come in for 10 minutes and do a virtual pop-in and say, what's up, everybody, and just kind of surprise everybody in the meeting. Yeah. Like things that never would have been able to happen uh, had COVID not happened, right? If, if right. we were doing stuff live still. So there's been some really cool avenues that we've been able to make it work. 
but it's all across the board. It, I, yeah. it's, it's different every time. Hey friends, I got a question for you. Considering where you are in your speaking journey, what are your next steps to take your speaking career to the next level? If your answer is, I, I have no idea or I have too many ideas, I don't know where to start, let me give you what I believe is the best next step that you can take. I want you to book a call with the Speaker Lab team today over at thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach to see if our personalized coaching program is right for you. We have helped literally thousands of speakers from all over the world find and book more speaking gigs, and we'd love to see if we could help you as well. Our personalized coaching program features done-for-you websites, done-for-you demo videos, weekly coaching calls, access to all of our educational content. We find speaking leads specifically for you and so much more. You've got the talent. You've got the drive. Let us give you the plan to execute. All you got to do is book your call today by going to thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Are you enjoying the virtual stuff? Because there's a point where, like you said, it's, it's just out of necessity. And maybe, we're, you know, we're, we're still on that point where there is some degree of necessity. But are you are you enjoying it? Because there, there's certainly like, you know, there's pros and cons of doing virtual. I know you and I are both, um, you know, family men. Uh, we have amazing wives, amazing kids and want to be home, want to be with our family. So virtual gives you a lot of opportunities where you're not getting on a plane. You're not having to go uh, anywhere. You can do multiple gigs in the same day from your house and still go out and, and hug your family as soon as you're done. There's a lot of upside, but there, there's also like just the, it's just not the same, you know? So are you enjoying it? I know, remember again, at one point you were like, hey, I really, I'm going to double down on this. I'm going all in on this. And, you know, you, we talked about it, I think on the, the previous conversation back in March, April, where you really invested heavily into your virtual studio. It's more than just kind of like a little webcam and microphone. Like you got multiple cameras, you got a drum set up. There's, there's a lot of, of resources that went into that. Do you feel like it's been worth it? Are you enjoying it? Is it checking the boxes that you hoped it would? Yeah. So it's 100% been worth it, especially from a business standpoint, because it's kept us in the green every yeah. month. Every month we have stayed consistently in the green because of the virtual studio. If I wouldn't have had that, we would be out of business. Yeah. So that side of it's awesome. Now the family side of it and being home, that's great as well. But I also like in full transparency, I miss being on the road somewhat. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy like, like getting on a plane and nobody texting me and, and having time to read and to think and, you know, kick back and watch a movie on the plane. Like I miss some of that. I, I miss a good hotel room. I miss a good stage. I miss a great live audience. Yeah. So that part of it, I am anxiously waiting and excited for that to come back. However, I think virtual is going to always be a part of our business. It will now forever be something that we offer. It's something that can be a possibility. But now I think, too, we're also seeing a lot of people that are, are experiencing Zoom fatigue. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I don't know. Like we, you know, another meeting, another hour long thing where someone has to sit in front of a computer like they're doing all day long if they're working from home and listen to a speaker. That's where we, you know, as we've transitioned to the pop ins, it's been shorter, it's concise and it's more entertaining than it is almost content. Yeah. Uh, and so that's been cool as well. But so it's, it's, and every time I do it, I enjoy it. I really do. It's been fun. It's exciting. It's a different challenge. Doing virtuals, in my opinion, is more of, uh, it's more TV broadcasting than it is stage craftsmanship. It, yeah. there's, there's, there's a different appeal. There's some, there's some mix there. So there's some crossover, but 
you're more of a news anchor. <laughs> you're more of a, a televised broadcaster than you right. are a live entertainer on stage. Do you feel like you've you've kind of figured out your voice uh, in a virtual context? Because that's that's part of what being a speaker is. You know, like the first few times you get up on stage in front of a you know a, a traditional live audience and you're speaking, you're just trying to figure out like what works and what doesn't work. And, and then when all of a sudden overnight, even though you're you're a great speaker on stage, it doesn't necessarily automatically translate to a great virtual speaker. So do you feel like you've kind of found your footing as far as like, hey, this works, and here's how I best engage with an audience, and here's what I knew, know I need to do in order to keep them locked in and focused for knowing that the audience is, is dealing with Zoom fatigue? Yeah. So there are some specific things that we've done virtually that I never did live on stage because it wouldn't have translated. And so <clears throat> that's been cool because we've been able to like extend some repertoire. We've been able to dive more into content. I've been able to do even things with the drums that are more engaging and exciting and, and get people involved, right? How do yeah. we get people to engage in the chat? How do we get people to talk to each other? How do we get people to be more involved? So it's been fun to, to stretch in that realm, but uh, I don't know, it's, it's, still, it's still different. It's, it's just a different, it's a different animal and, yeah. and it requires different things. What are the things that you have seen that are working for you that you think other speakers could learn from as far as uh, engaging with a, a virtual audience? I think, I think being concise and short, shorter, or I've shortened all of my stories. I've shortened my message. Most of our keynotes are now 35 to 40 minutes max. I don't like to go into the hour and heavens, no, I would never go into the 90 minute range, at least for me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to keep it concise. The content, uh, it, everything needs to be sharp, to the point, quick, because um, it's just harder to grab people's attention. And so I think the more the more, the more uh, apt you are to be quick about it and to, to be tight and concise, uh, the, the better that is. I, uh, my, yeah, my 90-minute my, my keynote now is 30 minutes, and I've concised all of that down, and we're just, it's just quicker. So I would, I would figure out how to make it more, uh, more relatable and, and do that quicker. Right. Is there any way that you, or anything that you do to just kind of keep a pulse on the audience? Because that's a, that's a big part of being a speaker is, again, you're reading nonverbal cues, people are nodding, people are taking notes, people are smiling, people are laughing. You know, it's kind of a, a joke among speakers that you, you know, you know, if you're getting ready, if you're doing an in-person speech for, that's an hour long, you know, within the first, first 30 to 60 seconds, how the rest of the talk is going to go based yeah. on, I told this line, you know, here's how they reacted. Okay. And I'm already making some mental adjustments of, okay, if that didn't work, there's no way that thing I'm going to tell in 37 minutes is going to work or that did work. Oh, I'm definitely going to, this is a good audience. You can tell right away. Is there any of that, anything that you can, that you're looking for, whether that's the chat or any zoom faces that are popped up there that you're kind of looking and just kind of gauging how it's going or making any adjustments on the fly? Yeah. So in front of me, I've got a big 40 inch monitor and I can see everybody. So yeah. I'm looking at you, Grant, while we're talking. So on the Zoom call, whether it's uh, Google Meets or uh, the Microsoft Teams or whatever, it, I, I see everybody. I want to see everybody. So that helps because I can still have an audience. Um, right out of the gate, we're starting with a story, and then I go right into the drums. And then I, we do some, like, name that tune. I sit down on the drums because we talk about being influential and memorable. How do we do that? We do the same thing in music as drummers. So I sit down, and I'm interacting with them on the drums while I'm playing. Yeah. So it's, it's just more of a – it's more of like if I was in the room with someone and we were talking, 
versus I'm talking to 3,000 people. And so I've really, we've really tried to make sure that the keynote revolves around that. I'm speaking to an individual. Even though I, I have 3,000 people on the Zoom call, I'm still individually speaking to them on their computer screen. Right. So everything we've done has been tailored to that. Do you feel like a lot of the adjustments and tweaks and things that you've learned as a, as a virtual speaker will make you better next time you're on stage? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, my stories will be more concise. We're going to use some different engagement pieces that I, I never used. Uh, content is going to be uh, more, ex uh, more pertinent. I think we've done research, my undercover millennial stuff. I've done research during this time with other organizations. So the content's going to come out stronger. The, the reach of our re research is going to be better. Yeah, I mean, there's been, I will be a better speaker because of this, for yeah. sure. Very good. Uh, one of the things that we kind of touched on earlier was the production value of what it is that you do. We've seen a lot of speakers who've, who've, who've leaned into virtual, but again, have done it very, very gradually. Um, and, you know, we're going to start with one camera and then maybe we add a second camera and then maybe upgrade a camera and then we do some lighting stuff. And you were from day one, like I'm going all in on this. Uh, do you feel like that, that doing so has really set you apart? How much do you feel like the production value of what it is that you offer uh, has really separated you from, from other virtual speakers. And, and for context sake, for people who aren't familiar, you may give us a quick, just a quick nutshell of what all you have in that small space that you're in right now and in, in, in your basement, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, so the biggest thing, the biggest selling point has been when a client inquires, so we have a, the video, the promo video. Mm -hmm. I think everybody needs a great quality promo video for virtual to show them the experience, show them what it looks like. Uh, whether that's a one camera shoot and you've got lights and you're, you've got a cool backdrop, like show them that because you're competing against other speakers that you might have a better message or you might be more entertaining, but another piece of this now is your production value. Yeah. So, uh, and then also on the website, so we've done everything we can to communicate that we have virtual offerings and we do that well. So after a client engages in that or they send in an inquiry, the biggest point has been, let's get on a call and I want to do a virtual studio tour. Mm. I want to show you what we're going to do for your people. And they log on Zoom and I'm here, we're in the studio. I'm showing them the five different camera angles. I sit down, we play the drums. They get to see how beautiful it looks. They get to see how I sound. And that just has sold people. And mm. then, then they find out I can have a moderator in the room. We can control everything. All you need to do is just send me a link. Send me a link and we will handle everything else. And it just it gives that peace of mind because a lot of them are nervous. Yeah. They, they've never ran a virtual event, a virtual conference. Some of them don't even know how to bring uh, somebody into a, a, an existing call, right? So I think the more you can become the mentor in this process and you can establish credibility and competence in this world and that you're the, you're the person that's going to connect them to their dreams. You're the person that's going to instill security and confidence and safety in making this event happen. It really matters right now. So it sounds like part of the secret sauce in the sales process for you is that um, please let me get on a Zoom call with you and show you around. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that, that's, that's tailored to them. It's mm -hmm. personal. They're connecting with me and then they see how it all operates. Yeah, yeah, there's the promo video and that's cool and it shows what the studio looks like, but they don't get to see how I work it. They don't get to see how I run the show. Right. They don't get to see what it, what, it, what it will look like for their team, their organization. And then we can talk about content. We can talk about their needs, right? As speakers, we provide the medicine to the problem and 
now a part of that medicine is not just your brand, it's not just your content, it's also the production of your studio. So showcase that. Are you, are you seeing that the sales process is different than what it would be for a, a typical in-person event? Meaning that, uh, you know, for most events, they are booked anywhere from three to six to 12 months out, depending on the size and the nature of the event. There's a lot of moving pieces and parts. Yes. Uh, and for most part, whenever you're booking a, a live in-person gig, it's something that, you know, the speaker is just one thing they've been planning on it. And it's just, it's another box for them to check. Whereas, uh, you know, when we again, rewind back to March, April, it's not like everyone's like, Hey, in, in May, I've got this virtual gig. I've been planning for a long time and I'm looking for a speaker. So all of a sudden there's, there's no virtual gigs. And now we're, we're, we're considering bringing in a, a virtual speaker. So as you are talking to potential clients, I know that you have a, a an, an agent that you work with on, on some of this, but uh, is there anything that you have noticed that just that gets people to make a decision on, on hiring a speaker when they weren't necessarily planning on hiring a speaker. There's not like a set event that they're working on. Uh, is there anything that you've noticed that has helped them to, to make a decision, ideally in your favor, to hire you? I think it's showing them the versatility of what we can do. I can do a keynote. I can do a pop-in. I can do a Q&A. I can, I can do a little meet and greet. We can, uh, like some events, some companies, they just want me to come on and play the drums. Like, <laughs> that's it. Uh, so, so another company, they have one of their CEOs plays the guitar and they're like, we would love to send you a track of him playing this song. And then you pre-record playing drums with the CEO. Like just weird stuff. Like, like and I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, let's, sure. let's do that. That's fine. <laughs> I, I can think of six clients that have, have written in and they want me to keynote or do a pop-in the next day. Yeah. Like, what are you doing tomorrow? We're, 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 we're so zoomed out. What are you like? So it's just, it's really... It's really across the board. There's been so many different inquiries on so many different things, but that's what's cool is the versatility of what virtual can offer allows us to play in that realm. And, and, and we've tried to kind of almost not pigeonhole ourselves into, I'm the virtual keynote speaker. Mm -hmm. It's more of we do this virtually and we do it really well. Right. My job is to make sure we give you exactly what you want. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's, it's worked. How have you, uh, or have you had to make any mental adjustments to your own expectations? Because, you know, if you were, if you're going into a new month as a speaker, historically, you, you kind of know what that month's going to look like, you know, how many gigs yeah. you got and what's booked out. Cause it's, it's pretty rare. Like, uh, uh, when you're doing a lot of live, uh, speeches, it's very rare to book something that's happening next week. Whereas when it comes to virtual, it may be like next week looks empty. And then at the beginning of next week, I may have a couple of gigs, virtual gigs that were not on the radar. So have you had to like mentally just adjust your expectations uh, from week to week or month to month of whether or not bookings are going to come in or what bookings are going to come in? Yeah, it's been terrifying. <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea where you're right before events would book out three months, six months, a year yep, yep. in advance. And now it's well, we'll see what Monday holds. <laughs> we'll see what Tuesday brings. Yeah. It really has been like that. And now we're, you know, we're recording this in, in, in November and November and December are traditionally slower times. Mm -hmm. um, but it's actually picked up in different ways, whether it's a, a, a little pop in or come in and entertain our holiday virtual yeah. party. Like I, End of never, year holiday. Yeah. I never did that. I never did that stuff. So there is no consistency in, in what's to come. We do have some events that are booked in January and February and March that are holds for live events. But who knows if that even happens right now? 
Yeah. So it, it's just, yeah, never, never before in my career and, and in our business have we had so much uncertainty and variability, variability is that a word, uh, yeah, yeah. In, in, in what could happen. How have you learned to mentally manage that? Because that's really, really difficult, especially when your livelihood is on the line, knowing that, uh, you know, if I don't have a, a, a gig, you know, uh, next week or within the next couple of weeks, like it's going to dramatically affect our family. Um, how are you just mentally making those adjustments or, or just dealing with that? One thing I've always tried to remember in, in the speaking business is you can never let off the gas pedal in this industry. Mm -hmm. Now there are days where that gas pedal is on the floor and you are pushing and you are grinding and it is just go, 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 go straight. Right. And then there's times where you can let go and you can lean off a little bit. But I, as in, in at the times where I've taken my foot completely off the gas pedal and I'm just kicking back and saying, ah, we'll just let the gigs roll in. That's when I get in trouble. That's yeah. when the business suffers. And so during this time, it's, I've tried to remember that and keep that consistent. Every day, I'm still working. Every day, we're still sending out leads. Every day, I'm still, I, I've got an objective of what we need to accomplish, what we need to, to do to bring revenue in, to right. share our message. And we just haven't let off the, the, the gas pedal. Yeah. And there was, uh, there was a few friends and other speakers and colleagues that said, ah, I'm just going to kick back. I'm going to just take this time and be with my family. And, and for me, it was like, I've got to feed my family. Yeah. I have to figure out how, how to make this happen. And I think, I don't know, maybe you call it fear or the need to just continue to, to not just survive. I, I wanted to thrive. That was always the goal in this industry. I didn't want to live paycheck to paycheck. I really, truly wanted to thrive. And, and not worry and have a lifestyle that was somewhat stress-free and was, was, you know, I could spend time with my family and had the flexibility to do what I wanted. And then COVID came and literally ripped that away. So it's been a battle to try to get back to that point. But I think every day making sure our foot's on the gas pedal has kept us in the green. And uh, I wouldn't say we're thriving, but we're also not surviving. So it's been a good mix to kind of yeah. Yeah. Keep us going. What are you finding right now as far as the lead time for booking virtual gigs? Is it, you mentioned like, you know, some, sometimes it's 24 hours, uh, but other times it's, what is it? A week, a couple of weeks. What are you typically seeing? Yeah. It could be anywhere from a week to a month. Yeah. Um, yeah most of them are like a month out or yeah. they were events that were planning and they were holding out to go live. And then they've just realized as numbers keep rising, we're not going to be able to do this. So we're scrambling to, 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 to switch or transition or speakers that are only live speakers. Now they've got to fill those slots with virtual speakers. So yeah. yeah, it really is across the board. It's hard to kind of pinpoint this is the exact lead time because it varies so much. One of the fun parts of virtual we are going to touch on is you can speak to a lot of different audiences that maybe perhaps before you wouldn't have been able to, to get to. You're in the Salt Lake City area uh, and you're able to be home and speak to people literally all over the world. So uh, I'm just, I'm putting you on the spot here, but have you had any weeks where you're like, hey, in one week I spoke to audiences and here and here and here and here or did gigs all over the world or all over the US that historically, like if I was trying to get on a plane, like I, I physically could not do. Geographically, it's not possible. And the number of audiences that you were able to speak to in a certain week or the number of audiences, even in a given day. I remember yep. talking with one speaker and he's like, I did, you know, three or four gigs in one day. It's like, that's not a, like, if you're trying to do in-person stuff, it's really hard to get to multiple different events and for all the different variables to work out where that's even possible. So have you had any just kind of those, those crazy weeks? 
yeah, and it's still exhausting when it happens. Like still doing virtual, in my opinion, is is equally as exhaustive as as doing a live event on a stage. Yeah, and we did we did an event where. Uh, I did India, I did the UK, I did New York, and I did North Dakota in one day. In one and day? So it, was, so it was starting like early in the morning at like 6 a.m. And then, and then like the, the one in India was at night. So I was, I was speaking at 10, 10 p.m. at night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, but those are long days. They're a little, it is. It, it's, it's a lot. And it's still stressful because I'm not only have to deliver and perform, but then I'm always in the back of my mind, what if a camera drops, right? Yeah. What if all of a sudden sound doesn't work? Or there's still an element of it that's just draining. We're, we're used to like showing up for sound check and like, just give me the mic. Well, I'm, I'm good to go. But now you're like, I'm the AV person, the lighting person, the yeah. speaker. You got to wear all the hats at the same time. I've done, I've done four live events since COVID hit. And every one of them, I have gone up to the sound engineer and I've just, I've just <laughs> given them a hug and said, I love you and I will never take you for granted again. What you guys do is amazing. Uh, I'm curious about speaking fees and kind of what you're seeing uh, in a couple of different angles. One is, again, like we've kind of touched on, you've really invested heavily in your production value. And so I'm curious how that that has impacted or made a difference. Other thing I'm curious about where it is kind of um, uh, the wild, wild west, everyone's kind of figuring out, you know, historically we are used to, I do this one talk and it fits in this box and it yep. costs this much. And now it's like, Hey, can you do a, you know, a full day thing? Can you do a 10 minute pop in? Can you just play the drums for us and send us a recording? How are you trying to figure out and navigate? Like, what, what do I charge for some of these things that, you know, uh, eight, nine months ago was not a thing I ever considered offering. It's so hard because we're in a position. I feel like most speakers are, I don't know. I could not tell you the one speaker in our industry that's sitting back at full fee just saying no i'll just let the gigs come in whenever they happen and i'll just <laughs> stick at my feet I, I can't tell you one speaker that's doing that right now and if they are congratulations bravo that's an amazing place to be most of us are are i i would say we're listening you're listening to the client you're listening to what they they need just like you i would hope you would do before and you're figuring out okay well, this is the value that i can add this is the experience. I've done the very best that I can. I am providing you the top shelf first class when it comes to virtual offerings. And we stick to specific fees depending upon the audience, depending upon their need, depending upon the industry. And then you just see, right? It's a conversation. I, I, I am always so blown away by speakers like, this is my fee. This is my fee. And I get there's a, you've got to have fee integrity and you want to stick to you know, some realm of that, but it's always a conversation. Yeah, uh, We're in a relationship business and sometimes they don't have that budget and everybody's hurting right now. I think the greatest advice when it comes to fees is stay sensitive. Dang it. There's only three courts to be had right now. So if you need that, then, then stay sensitive to their needs as, as them bringing you in as a speaker and create a win-win. Yeah. Use the relationship skills that this business requires and listen to people. Be willing to be flexible. Um, and that has, that has worked for us. Do you feel like some of the, the sensitivity that you have shown to clients who may be hurting or struggling but still would like to work with you, that that 
that they will remember that, that that will pay dividends long-term, meaning that, you know, I, I can think of just random situations of like, okay, I worked with this client years ago and then it came full circle and, and, you know, business was quote unquote back to normal or whatever for them. They remembered the kindness that I showed them. And like you kind of alluded to there, like speaking as a relationship business and people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And so there's things that you can do right now just to lend someone a hand, not to give away the farm, but just say, Hey, let me help you out in this moment where you're hurting. A lot of that is just planting seeds that will pay off for you down the line. Is that, is that something that you're keeping in mind or considering, or even something that you're seeing already? Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, we've always tried in our business to just care about the customer, celebrity service. You write in and you are trusting me to come in and be a part of your event. That is a privilege. That means a lot to me. And I'm always going to try to listen and add as much value as I can. Now, there's obviously boundaries and there's parameters and I have a business too and a family to feed. Uh, but I think just approaching all conversations, whether we're in COVID or we're not, when you talk to clients and you work in that realm, it will always pay off. And just first off, ha having a great experience with people that you're dealing with, being a good human. Yeah. And, and then second, reputation is everything in this business. It matters and people talk. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't treat people because I want to have a great reputation. I treat people the way I treat them because they're people and I want to serve and I want to give a great experience. But I think when you do that, it, it, it creates what, you know, Jay Bear talks about it, talk triggers, right? And yep. people talk and they had a great experience and you killed it on stage. And when they get out of this, yeah, maybe they'll, they'll call me and invite me back. Or maybe they'll have another school or another colleague or a business partner that's also struggling. And we had a great experience with Clint and his company and his message was amazing. Reach out. And yeah. if that happens, fantastic. But above all, just treat people good. Stay sensitive. And I, I think you'll always win. Uh, I want to wrap up and let's look in the, uh, the the crystal ball here. So you mentioned, you know, we have been in the thick of this for about eight, eight months, give or take, uh, at the time of this recording. And you mentioned you've done four in-person gigs. Are you seeing the inquiries or the holds or the bookings for in-person picking up? Uh, do you feel like we've maybe bottomed out and we're starting on the uphill slope of this? Are people ready to get back to in-person? What are you kind of seeing as far as, as kind of trends uh, just from your own booking perspective? I think right now Zoom fatigue is real. And I think a lot of people are feeling that. So they're almost, this is, this is, this is just my opinion. This is just what I'm seeing. So I feel like, there's some people that are kind of holding off. We've got talks of a vaccine and some, some positive light there that could possibly be happening. And I think we've got the holiday season that people are going to go through and then anticipations for a vaccine to come to market in March. I think right now there's a lot of companies that are like, okay, let's wait. Let's wait and see. Maybe we can do something in 2021. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can, we, let's, let's wait. Because I still think that, that live is always going to be better than virtual. Virtual is yeah. still cool. It's just not the same. And the networking and the relationships and the, the, the power of being in person with each other. So I think we're getting to that point where it's like, okay, let's wait and see. That's, uh, that's what I'm hearing. That's what we're kind of seeing and feeling right now. And there's still going to be the companies that are like, no, we're going virtual. That's what we're going to do. Or we've already done virtual for the last six months. Let's keep doing it. Yeah, uh, I think the, those big investment conferences uh, where they want attendees and they want to create an experience and they want the registrations to look great. I think they're 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 waiting. 
is the big thing that you're hearing and seeing that anyone is waiting for to make a decision is, is a vaccine or for a vaccine to reach a certain number of people um, or for people to be able to attend a, an event without having to wear a mask or sit socially distance. Uh, what, what is a, what's kind of your sense on that? I think so. I think, I think that's, that's like the golden ticket in all of this, I think is, is getting a vaccine and making sure the vaccine works. Yeah. I think once the vaccine goes to market, I think this is just this is just Clint. This is just my opinion. <laughs> but I think then give it six months. Give it six months. People are either taking it. They're not taking it. People are seeing results. People aren't seeing results. That that happens. The world talks about it. We're, we're seeing something. And then I think after that, hopefully, if it's positive, then that's where we're going to see a wave of live events happening again. That's yeah. that's my hope. And I know a lot of companies and people that we've talked to, they're excited to do live events. They're yeah. looking forward to doing live events again. And so am I. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that. Very much so. Clint, always enjoy speaking with you. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, you have some great content, some great videos. Uh, great. Uh, I would encourage people to check out your virtual demo video as well. Uh, you kind of touched on that earlier. But uh, if people want to find out more about you, where can we go? Yeah, clintpulver.com, just my website. Or they can hit me up on Instagram, just clintpulver. Awesome. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, you bet, Grant. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps, it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.